on this episode of Razor Week, taking a look at Amazon's new product offerings, including a robot dog, software as a service for residential dealers, and the power of local regional shows. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 296, recorded Monday, October 4th, 2021, Amazon's Astro. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. This is Resi Week, and I am not Matt Scott. My name is Tim Albright, your host. Uh, we have no idea really where Matt is today. Somewhere in Canada, I'm certain, uh, mainly because he can't make it to the United States. Uh, no, for real, he's, he's taking some time off, so good for him. With us, uh, two New Yorkers slash New Jerseyans, first and foremost, Mr. Mark Feinberg. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate being here. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, one of the best and most knowledgeable uh, technologists I know is Mr. Todd Anthony Puma. Uh, he's also here. Welcome, sir. Wow, I, I, you took my breath away at that moment. I really do appreciate that. I thought you were talking to Mark or Jeremy. I, I can't believe you came to me. Well, no, Jeremy, I love Jeremy, but he's not the best technologist I know. Uh, but I am saving him for last because it's, uh, it's his birthday today. So, Mr. Jeremy Glowacki uh, from Res Tech Today, uh, welcome, sir, and happy birthday. Well, thank you so much, Tim. And it's a pleasure to be on with, with you and uh, kind of a special treat to the, the, the main we guy. We did this on purpose. We did it on purpose because it's your birthday. Yeah, it's the OG uh, host, I guess, right? So here we yeah, go. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, and last time uh, Jeremy and I saw each other in real life, in person, was in Indianapolis uh, for CD Expo uh, 2021. Actually happened about a month or so ago. Uh, we'll get to something about that here in a second. Not exactly that, but something similar. Uh, first uh, first uh, story actually comes to us from our friends over at CE Pro D-Tools. Cloud is a new, quote-unquote, complementary software option uh, for longtime system integrators uh, using um, the D-Tools platform. If you're not familiar, D-Tools uh, is a uh, multiple-layered um, system. Uh, you can It's everything from project management to ordering to inventory tracking, uh, and I am certain that I am forgetting one or two things here. Uh, but they have been developing a, a software solution for years um they've got uh they've, they've actually kind of slowed it slowly uh, turned it out uh one of the first steps was just kind of you know walking your client through it as you developed the uh the uh, design showing them you know what uh what uh the a a in a, 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 a inventory list or a uh, quote would be kind of in real time. Then they moved that on to more uh, kind of project management in real time again from the cloud. Todd, we'll start with you on this. When it comes to project management software, inventory software, stuff like this, what we're getting to is, is the difference between an on-prem or even a, a, a kind of an application-based uh, solution versus the, quote, the, the ubiquitous uh, as-a-service or software uh, solution here. When you're looking at it from a, a capital expenditure versus an operational expenditure as a business owner, but also as somebody who's in the field, do you have a preference one way or the other? Is it just you, you've got to figure out where the money's coming from regardless? Where do you sit when it comes to you know the software that you use to do your job? Well, we actually do use DTools. We've been using them for about 12 years at this point. Uh, for the cloud management side of things while we're on site, I like to leave it a little bit more personal. I like to talk about what the customer's needs are and kind of custom tailor them to 
that moment and get to know what their lifestyle needs are. To send a proposal and to write things down and to put it into a software at that moment, I don't feel a need for it. But I do see the value in it for other integrators just to get the, the task list together, go through everything, and then send it over to their office department so they can build the proposal. I'm a little old school. I like to write things down. I like to bring it back to my desk, go to the computer, and then start entering everything in so I can see it visually. Then from that point, I print it out, and then I go through everything to see if I missed anything or I made any mistakes. So for me, this software is not a value, but for other integrators, I see it as a high value. All right, Mark, same kind of question here. When you're looking at not just, you know, D-Tools or other project management type stuff, but other solutions uh, and other packages, you know, what do you look for when it comes to the software that you use to do your job? Yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, the world is going to a SaaS model. I, you know, we went from QuickBooks desktop probably five or six years ago to QuickBooks cloud, QuickBooks online, I think they call it. Um, it's just, I, it's the way software is going. There's going to be a lot less on-prem, you know, local software and, and things to be more cloud-based. People want to be able to pull up a proposal in their app or have a tech in the field, know exactly what to pick and pack for that job without having to have an office manager or somebody print out a list. So I, I see it going this way longer term. Um, you know, it's probably the oldest man in the room here. I'm probably a little more old school even than Todd is. I still do some things, paper and pencil. Um, or at least print it out and, and give it to the team as opposed to I haven't got I'm, we are a cloud a details cloud user for the proposal software haven't yeah. really started using it for the project management side of things yet. Um, I'm still a little more old school for that um, old school being Google Calendar and, you know, and spreadsheets. Um, well, at least you don't have like you know what was it day timers back in the in the nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I'm not using the file of facts or anything like that. Well, I appreciate uh, that. Or Rolodex, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, but no, I mean, I think it's the way things are going, and you know, also you know, the techs are, you know, they, get, they keep getting younger. Those techs, uh, you know, and they expect more on on their more app based, more cloud based solutions as opposed to having to print something out and bring it with them. They want it at their fingertips all the time too. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm going to kind of take a slight left turn here. Uh, not just Dtools, but other platforms have have gone to the the SaaS model as well as software as a service, as as uh, Feinberg mentions. When you look and you talk with with integrators, you know, are are they going more to that software uh, as a service model to that cloud based model, or do they even have a choice? Right? Is it are they going there because they're being forced to it by companies like Microsoft, by companies like like Google? Well, I, I mean, I think that it does vary, obviously, from uh, individual to individual, but. The companies that um, are realizing that time is of the essence with their team, and if they have a larger team that they, um, you know, have a fleet of vans out there or trucks, that they don't want to have to have them report back to base, um, their headquarters, their office uh, at the beginning of the day. They want them just to go maybe straight from their home to the field and save that bit of time, um, and and. You know, time is money, and you've got fewer people available to you to do more work these days. So, to be able to have that remote access to the to, to the software like DTools um, or whatever proposal uh, package that you're working on, if it's a salesperson or a tech who is doing the work and having to sort of go through and check off this was accomplished, this service call happened, and here's what we what we did. To be able to do that from the field and not have to basically bring back uh, paperwork and then have it transposed into something else um, or transferred into something else, uh, that I think that's essential today where it's just so hard to find people 
and to, to fill, fill out your your staff and your crew out there. So keep them in the field, keep them busy, get all that information back, know what your billing is. Um, I think that's the way to go. And a lot, a lot of companies are catching on to that. Mark and, and Todd, really quickly for, for you guys, something like, like Jimmy just said, that automation process where you're kind of eliminating the human element, does that help you guys where, um, you know, where your, your texts get done in the field and, and, and she's done with her job and she clicks off and she signs off on it and, and then just kind of automates and stuff? Does that help you guys or are you still kind of that, as you said, the, the old school mentality where you'd like to see something more paper and, and pen? I like to have a conversation because I kind of want to know what happened, what was going on in the job site, what issues did they run into, did they have any problems, how was the handoff to the client. I want to know how those things went. So I want to have that conversation afterwards. So it doesn't really help me that much. But I mean, but let's be honest, one thing Jeremy mentioned is um, that the, the software as a service is a recurring revenue stream. It's something we're trying to do for our own businesses. And it's what the software providers are doing. I don't think we're going to have much of a choice down the line. I think this is just the way the software industry is going across the board, not just for our industry. Well, with yeah. that being said, Mark, you know, I do agree. Obviously, we stand on the same viewpoints on most of our business practices. That's that's pretty well known. Um, but the one thing that I've always stand by is like you stated is with that personal communication with our technicians or our staff, I think it's important because there's things that are left out of software. Some people don't have strengths in emails or text messaging or putting things through software. They have more of an expressive personality that they'll communicate with us, you know, things that really did occur. In this room, X, Y, and Z occurred. We had to do this, this, and this. And let me explain what are the next steps with the software because we have tried that out in the past and we have seen there's been more error. Yeah, and that's the human error, right, based upon communication through typing. I do the same thing. When I'm writing something, I'm going job to job. If it's a text message, I'm not checking to see what the errors are. I believe what I said mentally and put down is correct. But when I read it back, it is not correct. So I'm going to stick with the process that we're moving forward with and communicating with our technicians through the phone or anything else but through electronic communication. Uh, it's interesting to hear... Um actual integrators talk about this. I think that's the best uh, viewpoint for sure. But what, I, what I've heard over the years, it's really fascinating because here you have professional technicians and technical people who are either somewhat reluctant to use software in the proposal side or design side um, or, or have just trouble implementing it. And it's not that they don't have the skills to do it. Sometimes it's just the patience and the time to put that into practice and to get everybody else on board, and you may have some turnover in, in your in your team, and you've got to train someone new on this whole thing. Uh, and so it, it's just hard to get those pieces in order. And I know Details has had trouble over the years with just getting folks, they pay for the software, they buy it, they, they don't implement it, or they don't, they don't go through the training. Now it's getting simpler, so you hope that maybe it's not as uh, big of a sort of a rolling up update to get to, to that starting point. But um, I, I do find it fascinating that that it's you, you can have all the technology in the world, but maybe it's just not practical because you're doing other stuff with technology and you don't have time to d deal with the software piece of it. All right. Well, our next story comes to us from uh, Residential Systems. Cedia has opened up uh, the registration for 2021's U.S. Tech Summit. Now, uh, a couple of things here. This is Cedia's um, small regional shows. Cedia... The organization does not technically own Cedia Expo, 
the trade show that Jeremy and I just went to. So these are their regional shows. Um, they they picked these up a couple of years ago from a couple of guys that, who started their regional shows. They're smaller, but they're very, very focused. Uh, they start in Southern California and go all the way over to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, starting October 5th, all the way through December 9th. Mr. Feinberg, I want to start with you. Not that you and Todd are in the neighborhood, uh, not that Jeremy and I are in the neighborhood, um, but when you look at the... Um, the, the show CD Expo. Um, uh, some people can call it a success. Some people can call it a failure. I'm trying not to editorialize here, but the show itself, the numbers of folks that went, the vendors that went, that show uh, was much smaller than in years past. A lot of people po pointed out the fact because of COVID, because of the fact that it was in Indianapolis and in Indiana, a, a hotspot at the time for, for the COVID um, uh, Delta variant. Shows like this, does this lend itself more to more more people coming out, more comfort level because it's in your same region? Do you know what is the value here of these smaller regional shows? I mean, I think during COVID, people are going to be if, you, if you're Larry to be in a room with you know in a convention center with twenty thousand people, you're going to be Larry to be in a hotel ballroom with five hundred people or wherever wherever these are being held. Like I think I would think the you know bodies per square foot probably wouldn't be that different. Um, so I don't know if it's going to help in that respect. Now, you don't have to travel. You're not going to an airport. You're not getting onto a plane. Um, you know, the, the, the regional show has been around for a while. You know, Avid has Vendapalooza. ADI has the ADI Expo. The distributors have been doing these regional shows for a while. Years ago, when Crestron left the CD Expo, they did it to create their own local tech summits. And from my understanding, and Todd can speak to this much better than I can, they were a big success. And I think having that local flavor, um, integrators getting to meet each other who are all in the same market and, and, and share the same challenge, geographic challenges, that are, or whatever challenges are geographic to them or local to them, I think that's going to be beneficial. And I think having it be a little more, a little smaller, a little more personal and not having to travel and maybe not having to give up five, three, four, five days you can bring the whole team. You don't have to, you know, pick and choose who goes because you, you got to pay for flight, you got to pay for hotels, you got to pay for meals. It's driving distance for a lot of people, and you can just day trip it and and go each day. So you can bring the whole team as opposed to bringing just one or two people. I think that's going to be the big benefit. I think during COVID, whether people want to be in a big conference center or in a ballroom, they're probably going to have similar feelings about that. Although the, the the not having to travel will definitely help. Yeah. Jeremy, um, Mark makes a good point about kind of the, make, making sure that bringing everybody, you can driving distance for most people. Uh, the first two within Southern California, Irvine, uh, technically a, a suburb of, of LA, Woodland Hills, also LA. The next two, Dallas and Houston, not exactly, you know, for Texas, it's close, but it's not, you know, they're not next door. Uh, and then Orlando and, and Fort Lauderdale, which technically just down the highway from each other, about two three hours. Um, when you look at, at, at shows like this, what is that that catch? What is, what is that hook for these smaller regional shows? Well, when I was at Cedia, uh, one of the conversations I had was with Nick Barry um, at Origin Acoustics. They were one of yep. those more vocal, we're going to go to Expo no matter what kind of companies. And they did it really smart. They they scaled down their booth and they scaled down their, their team. They're a privately owned company that felt comfortable with their five people. 
all being vaccinated and being okay with being there. And he made the kind of uh, just sort of funny comment. This is basically the size of Expo has become a very expensive tech summit for them as an exhibitor. And he was saying it in a way that seemed to be complimentary of a tech summit and also, you know, a little disparaging of Expo. But he, he, I think he, he mentions Tech Summit because it's something that they do participate in and a lot of other manufacturers do. It's, it's, a, it's a smaller investment for them as a company because they don't have to bring no. a giant booth. They can bring a scaled-down tabletop type of uh, setup. And they do get such a great turnout, I think, from that local um, or regional uh, uh, integrate, integration community. Um, it, it's there's no replacing that peer-to-peer networking opportunity. Um, it, it's complicated with COVID. It, it, you, you decide whether you feel comfortable or safe or not in these environments. And uh, I, I just have attended to, um, well, I, I attended a buying group, meaning ProSource, prior to the Delta variant really kind of messing things up. And I just got back from Azione Unlimited uh, in Nashville. They did a whole mask required or... Uh, you show your vaccination card kind of a thing, which really made you feel more comfortable being in a room full of people. Um, and if you didn't have any of those, or if you didn't have a, a vaccination card or a test, they gave a test to you right there on the spot. I don't think CD is doing all of that, but I um, I do uh, think that depending on which region you're in, there's probably be local rules. Like I just went up to Illinois for a training uh, for Hunter Douglas and they or Illinois is a mask required uh, city, Illinois, Chicago's city policy or state of Illinois. I'm not really sure, but to go into this hotel, you had to put a mask on. So I'm sure there's going to be some of that going on, especially in California, probably not Texas. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I do think that that uh, these these events are successful because they are smaller and people feel maybe more comfortable um, sharing insights and uh getting to, to know manufacturers a little more one-on-one than they may be able to do virtually. All right. Todd, you'll wrap up this, this topic here. Uh, regional shows, uh, whether that's New York, it's, it's here in the, in the Midwest or, or down south. What's, what's the value here? I, I, well, this is what I think. I think that we're going through a serious time at this point, you know, minus out, obviously, everything uh, Mark and Jeremy spoke about. What we need to understand and what we need is more in person to go through what everyone else is doing to get through these times. What is the plan that they have in action? What are they doing about product shortages? What is the manufacturer who's being there going to do? What, what, is, what is happening in this industry as a whole? Are, are, is everything backed up? Is it a chipsets that are going to be coming? When are they coming? When is it happening? I think integrators need to know that. And I think being part of these shows and being you know, part of a more closer more intimate atmosphere as what they're going to be doing is going to get us some of those questions we haven't had before, as well as to talk with other integrators about planning ahead. One of the things that I want everyone to know is that if you have a year that you do normally $100,000 with a manufacturer, buy it all right now. If there's 14-week backups, 28-week backups, I don't want to see anyone in this industry go down. And I think that with being part of these shows, that communication and finding out what the pulse is and where other companies are going, and if they have product shortages, and if they don't, some integrators might have to jump aboard with new brands. I'm not for that. I'm a brand advocate. I stick with the same brands forever, and I will sit through, and I will do point A by putting all my volume and put the liquid into the products and having stock 
so we never go through that. But with these shows, there's a massive value. And I think that if you don't have your fears, which are brought up by Jeremy and Mark, then attend it. Do what you need to do to get there. Feel safe and, you know, enjoy yourself because we need to talk. I think the, the big thing that I keep hearing um, out in the field when I talk to integrators or go to these events is that our industry is very, very much to Todd's point, has gone from a just-in-time business to a, an inventory kind of business, which it never really has been before unless you're in retail. And uh, it's a new thing for integrators to have to stock inventory and to, to buy stuff when they can get it and then you know, somewhat forecast what they're going to need and what they're not going to be stuck with that's going to be outdated. So um, to learn from, you, from your peers about that, it's a pretty, pretty good idea. Good point by Todd there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, last story here uh, comes to us from our own website. Uh, on t- last Tuesday, an Amazon announced a litany of new products and updates to their 2021 uh, Amazon devices and services. A live event saw the company promise, quote, unquote, to strive for a more sustainable future for all of its products. A couple things to highlight here. There's a robo dog. Yep, <laughs> it's a robo dog. It's called Astro. And for those of us growing up that are a certain age and remember the Jetsons, it's Astro. Not exactly, but it, it, it's a robo dog. Also have uh, something called Amazon Glow. And this one is the one I'm going to be watching the most. Uh, Ring is uh, saying that they're going to update their security. Uh, and that has been kind of a thorn in the side of the, the folks over in Amazon for a while. Jeremy, we'll start with you on this. When you look at uh, some of the things that Amazon releases and, and they keep going down kind of the home automation and the home uh, technology road. What were the th- some of the things that you were most interested coming out of that announcement? Yeah, I mean, there there's a lot that seems almost like uh, Skunkworks Laboratory type products here that they're that they're talking about that maybe um, are are a little more out there in terms of the robots and things. Uh, I, it's funny when you said it's a robot dog. I didn't even associate it with the dog when I saw the photo, but you're totally right with the name. Like, like that's exactly what they're going for because it doesn't look like the little Sony dog. You know, it's not exactly. No, it looks no, like a, right. it just yeah. looks like a robot. But it yeah. uh, has a touch screen on it. But what I, I, I keep thinking that, that Amazon needs to get right, because I don't know if anybody else is going to get there, is to figure out how to deal with that senior market. Um, as, as much as the boomers have become more comfortable with technology and are, are right there along with their, um, their younger demographic kids and grandkids, there's still this time when I, I hear stories of folks who are starting to have a little bit more t- difficulty with um, is it Alzheimer's? Is it just forgetfulness? Whatever it is, and they don't know how to use that device, and they stop being able to communicate with their family. Um, yeah. And these devices, if you can get some sort of a automation in there with with um, you know a video conference type technology, um, to where it's just it 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 almost kind of does the button pushes for them, and it allows someone to communicate. With, with an elderly family member, uh, whether they're in a, in a assisted living place or uh, in their own home, trying to make it out, you know, a few more years in their own home. Um, I felt like this was sort of going that path a little bit um, where there's, a, there's perhaps some ability to maybe maintain that communication and contact without it be, being so difficult and confusing to use. Yeah, absolutely. Anything to, to extend the, and, and you know, 
uh, make make the the golden years a bit nicer. Uh, Mr. Puma, same question. Uh, what what did you take from Amazon's uh, announcement? It, I'm sorry to say this, but I didn't take anything from it. Um, I do value where they're going. Uh, as an integrator, there's nothing in there that I could find a value that I could use or sell to my customers with feeling confident. You know, the ring camera that scopes out the home, but flies throughout the home, that's pretty cool. Like I like that, but it's a Gen 1, and I'm not all for a Gen 1. I also, I have privacy issues. I don't want anything by mistake coming up and start filming me during a private moment or anyone who's in my home. Um, so that to me is a... We, don't, we don't either, by the way. No, no Jer- we don't. We don't want to no. see you in your house either. But... But overall, is is there is this cool stuff? Is this great technology? Is this good for the boomers? Absolutely. There's value to them. They're fresh. They're thinking differently than us. I'm just an old man trying to figure out what not to do that's new and make things more simplistic based on the tools that I currently have. Um, the Amazon products have made my life a living hell, to be honest with you. All right. Mark, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you end on that on that note. <laughs> yeah. I, I may not be in a living hell, but I, 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 I'm going <laughs> to agree pretty wholeheartedly with Todd. There's not a whole lot that comes out of the Amazon uh, portfolio that really gets me going. Um, okay. You know, that it's you know, yes, they, they created the voice control category or, or at least made it mass market. Um, and that's about as far as we go with it. You know, everything they're releasing, everything they're talking about is very much DIY, very much ordered from Amazon, do it yourself. The clients probably want our help with it, but the problem is we have no tools to support it. We can't remote in to help them with something. We don't have a dashboard or uh, any way to help them other than coming on site and helping them. And their app is a mishmash and it's, and it's kind of a disaster in terms of organization and trying to figure things out on it. Um, so we really tell clients, you, you know, if, if they're adamant about having an echo in the house, we will help them get it on the network. We'll help it integrate with whatever we sold, Sonos, Control 4 lighting, things like that. Um, but beyond that, if they have issues with it, if it falls off the network, if it factory resets like mine just did, one of my four just factory reset the other day and, and had a purple light and I had to re-add it to the, to the system. I have no idea why. Um, nice. You know, that's not, it's, it, that's a billable service call and, and, and it's not something we support. So it's just not kind of our portfolio product. I mean, there's a market out there. There are there's definitely a market out there for professional support of these products because it's sorely needed. These are not super easy to use and super easy to integrate, but it just doesn't fit with our business model. All right, very good. That'll be a good place to stop, gentlemen. <laughs> thank you all so much. Thanks for thanks for letting me sit in for uh, in uh, in Mr. Uh, Mr. Matt Scott's chair. Uh, Todd Anthony Puma, how do people connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Todd Anthony Puma. And that's pretty much the only way to communicate with me at this point, unfortunately. I don't talk to you, so I don't know. You, you, you hurt my feelings. I'm going to cry on camera. I don't want to do this again. But after that comment you gave to me, what else was to say? <laughs> Mark, how do, how do people connect with you? Um, um, I, am, as a, you know, I am old school. The best way is mark at hometheateradvisors.com. Um, or you can message us at Facebook at Home Theater Advisors. All right. Last but not least, the... Uh... The, uh, oh, the birthday boy, Mr. Jeremy Milwaukee. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. And how do people connect with you? Well, I thought Mark was going to give a mailing address there for a second. But, uh, <laughs> um, that's, that's his other business. Really old school. You can connect with me uh, at the website, restechtoday.com, and uh, subscribe to our podcast. It, we do different stuff than this one. We just do one-on-ones mostly and kind of give uh, little, little uh, backgrounds on individuals in the residential tech business and uh, 
talk new new products from time to time, so it's fun. But uh, thanks for having me on. I had a, had a good time. Absolutely. He does, and he does an incredible job, just for the record. Oh, uh, much better than, than I do. Oh, stop. Um, so uh, for me, Tim Albright, don't follow me. Uh, I'm still bemoaning the fact that I'm a Bears fan. Uh, so go by the website, if you would, please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and the the one that I actually do on a weekly basis, uh, AV Week, where we look at the commercial side of the industry. Uh, a whole lot of more. Uh, you can check out Matt usually uh, on this program and uh, check out our sponsors as we all head to Infocom 2021 uh, in uh, Orlando, the 27th through the 29th of October. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. That's all the time we have for Resi Week.